need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of China Business Cast. Hello, Mike. What's up, Shlomo? I'm good. A lot of things happening. How is with you? Yeah, you know, while just before we start recording, my wife called. She's at the visa office, as always, it seems. But uh, you guys live there. <laughs> we live there, but but uh, <laughs> we're still trying to get this long-term parent card called Guardian Visa, and uh, she's probably gonna be there the rest of the day. So I got to pick up the kids later. Basically, <laughs> how about you? What's up with you? So we're finally. I'm talking so much about this. So we're finally going to Sri Lanka, and that's going to be in five days. Uh, it's going to be coming Sunday. We're recording this on a Tuesday, so uh, next episode will be from there. Uh, we postponed it for a month because of family reasons, and we already had tickets. We canceled them. There was oh, a whole story about this. Horrible. And uh, now uh, we're flying. Uh, away in five days, so that's cool for three months. Um, yeah, and also, uh, and then I think this is the first time we're talking with us uh, publicly is that I'm saying a big hello to those tired fathers out there. I mean, yeah. uh, me and Mike are, are speaking uh, behind the microphone where we're not recording about uh, family life. So uh, to this morning I was late for the recording because I practically was awake half of the night because of my daughter. Mm. Uh, so this is just a joint hello to all those tired fathers and uh, telling you to keep going with <laughs> what you do, yep. <laughs> to keep everything together. Um, and another cool thing about my daughter is that Mike remembers her birthday sure. because she just had it. <laughs> so he just this morning, not this morning, a few days ago, was like, happy birthday to Noam. <laughs> Yeah, it's great, man. I appreciate it. Well, our kids' birthdays are pretty close, so. Oh yeah, that's uh, yours is in a week. Or yeah, so? about a week from recording today. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, congratulations. Thank you. What's going on with the Project X of yours? Yeah, I know. Normally, I'm all. <laughs> normally, I'm sharing everything as it's happening, but it's a it's a new way for. Uh, me, it's like, you know, it's Amazon. I'm doubling down on Amazon FBA. I, I joined forces with a couple other amazing sellers. And basically, I'm just, you know, content creating for e-commerce brands, for online online uh, e-commerce uh, businesses. And I know, I like we said, I can't really say too much, but I'm always telling people, check out my personal blog, mikesblog.com slash now for the latest. And uh, probably we use there for... No matter where, what time, hopefully for the rest of my life, I'll be updating that with what I'm doing. So check that out. I checked that out. I checked that out several times. Go oh wow! Cool. I didn't know that. And, uh, <laughs> you have at least one reader on that. Great. So how about you? What's up? Uh, what's up with with you? A webinar coming up? Yeah. So um, I'm working on free financial self. Uh, I have a new webinar which is up. It's called "How to Eliminate Money as a Source of Stress and Gain Confidence in Future Finances." Um, and I invite our listeners to have a look at it. It's at you can go to uh, www.freefinancialself.com/cbc. Guys, I'll repeat the URL. That is www.freefinancialself.com/cbc. CBC is of of course for China Business Cast. 
Um, and then you'll get access to uh, that webinar. It's a recorded webinar. I did it with a, another English website speaking uh, in China. Um, that was uh, Shenzhen Party. Um, so enjoy and have a look. Awesome. Yeah, um, man. Keep pushing. Yeah. I know you've been really passionate about it and helping a lot of people with their finances. So, so that's great. It's been a great ride. And some announcements. We actually have a really big one, but I think Shulman and I want to wait till the next episode to give you the, the juice, the juice of it. But, uh, it'll be announced on the next show for, so make sure, make sure to tune in episode 89 for that. And we do have our WeChat group, which people do enjoy and connect with other listeners. And the best way to get into that is chinabusinesscast.com slash WeChat. And there'll be the latest instructions of people to add or QR codes to scan as the group grows and, uh, and the moderators are uh, continuing to help us. So, so it's exciting. And, uh, so now with what's up for this week's show, Shulma, you want to give us a, give us an intro? Yes. So we have, uh, Elliot Zagman on our show, AKA L. And this guy is a PR expert. Um, he's, we, we spoke about uh, what's going on in China and the West in terms of PR. Um, this guy is a writer, executive coach, speaker. Um, he's helping Chinese enterprises grow into global organizations. Um, this guy does a lot. It was really, really interesting conversation. Uh, and he also has a podcast about China called the China Tech Investor. So that's mainly about tech and money in China. So check that out. It's on iTunes. Let's listen to, to the episode. Yeah, let's tune in. Tune in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another China Business Cast. Today, we have a very special episode for you from a fellow podcaster, and uh, he'll introduce himself in a minute. His name is Elliot Zagman, and he's been uh, a China veteran and he'll tell you in a minute. And he's a writer and executive coach and a speaker, and he's helping Chinese enterprises grow into global organization. Um, he's doing much, much more, so I'll just let him introduce himself. So, L, a.k.a. L, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lomo. It's good to be here. So, can you uh, briefly introduce yourself, and why did you want to write about China and its tech scene in the first place? I mean, I know you you're taking some... Uh, you're not always very welcoming to the tech scene in China, which is not um, often seen. So that's an interesting angle. Mm. I, I love the tech scene in China, first of all. Um, but the the I'd say the opposite of love is not hate. It is indifference, right? So um, I will write things, some that are very positive, some that are not negative, but or some that are negative and not that great. But the way that I look at it is I try to be try to be honest and have a clear eyed perspective. Um, the on my podcast, our slogan is uh, is to seek truth from facts, which is an old Deng Xiaoping slogan that <laughs> and I, it's it's how, how I try to look at the, the China tech industry. So what I say is that I am an enthusiastic evangelist and honest critic of the China tech industry. So that includes uh, both the, the good sides and the bad sides of things. Okay, um, so um, can you give us a brief intro of the, the of what you do? We're talking about PR today, yeah. PR mistakes. Yeah, so so I do I do a whole series of things, but uh, most people know me from 
my more public facing work, right? So I'm a podcast host. I host the co-host the China Tech Investor podcast powered by Technode. Uh, I also am a columnist for a number of different outlets, including Technode, uh, Tech in Asia, the Lowy Institute, uh, which is a, a, an Australian think tank, as well as in Chinese for Hu Xiuwang. Um, but what I do on the, the other side that most people do not know me so publicly for is I do a lot of executive coaching and PR work for what what I like to do is work with China, Chinese tech founders. So people who you know, have you know, started a company, usually you know, get to a stage where they're maybe Series C or Series D. They're starting to think about global expansion or IPO. Uh, and I help uh, you know, work in a variety of different um, capacities to help them do that. Great. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, about the big trends in uh, 2018 and going forward to 2019. Um, that foreigners who want to do business in China should know about. I mean, in the tech industry, of course. Yeah. Um, well, to be to be honest with you, a lot of the 2018 trends are are not going all in the right direction, or at least not the direction I would like to see it. Um, there's not a whole lot of great news. There there are always some good bright spots, but uh, in general, I'm not too positive about a lot of the general trends. So there's here, let me go over a few of them. One is just the larger uh, global macro environment. So we have the the trade war, U.S.-China trade frictions, a clash of civilizations, whatever word you, that's whatever term you want to call for it or call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what, what that, what that does is, is it, is it, is it definitely restricts opportunities for Chinese companies that want to go abroad, particularly into the U.S. or Europe. And it does limit opportunities for foreign companies, particularly American companies, looking to work in China. It just means that that what you could do three years ago, you can't do now. So it just makes it it makes it trickier. It makes it you know, I, I personally don't. I don't want to have it, it makes everything stickier, nastier, messier uh, and and issues that would not be political just a few years ago now are political. So, um, I mean, look at look at at Google, you know, Google's tried to uh, reenter China and they've seen a huge pushback uh, from not only from you know their own employees, people concerned about issues of censorship and human rights, but also from the U.S. government and worried about how they would be. Uh, interacting and how they would be cooperating with Chinese authorities as well. Um, so that is a, a, a tricky situation. And sorry, you can hear my dog barking in the background there. So I also have some background noise. That's winter, by the way. So the podcast listeners can say hello to winter. Um, so so uh, the, the, the second trend, I think, would be the... Uh, increasing involvement of the Chinese Communist Party in the tech sector. Uh, so we're seeing you know, in just about every area of the Chinese economy, more tight involvement, closer involvement, more in-depth involvement from the Chinese Communist Party. And that includes tech. So we see at, inter at uh, internet companies, technology companies, uh, from, even at relatively early stage startups, we're seeing 
them establishing, being pressured to establish party committees, giving those party committees more authority uh, and being given less flexibility for how they can uh, make decisions uh, when, it, when it comes to, to what will benefit their business most. So as a foreigner, that makes things more complicated because if the party has more power, right? Party members are going to be given more power and no foreigner is a party member, right? So, so that makes things trickier. So that, I think those are two trends that every foreigner going to work in China has to consider. Mm -hmm. um, but there are always still opportunities. It is still a robust, strong commercial environment, but it is becoming more difficult. And also the money is drying up a little bit. So we saw uh, a real uh, huge influx of, of, of investment from overseas and also within China uh, from, from the government and other internal investors uh, just pouring into tech over the last few years, basically from 2012 to 2016, 2017. And now we're seeing a lot of that dry up and it's not available as much as it used to be. So what do you think, why do you think it's dried up? There's a few different reasons. Um, so you could say one is that it's just a natural stage of the cycle that a lot of the low hanging fruit has been picked. I think once we started to see some success stories of Chinese internet companies, you had, you know, these big firms and these big, big VC firms out of Silicon Valley say, Oh, like this is, this is uh, an area for opportunity. And they raced into China. So this was probably around 2013, 2014. Uh, and they made all the key investments that I think uh, that they needed to make. So a lot of that low hanging fruit, those really prime uh, targets, some of them got over invested in, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and they got, they got picked out already, right? So there were fewer good options left. So I think that that's natural. That happens, you know, that's just a natural economic cycle. Secondly, are things like the trade war where we don't know what's going to happen with U S China relations. So, so VC firms have to worry about, you know, their political involvement, but also have to think about whether or not this is the best investment for them to make. And then we have a slowing Chinese economy, uh, concerns over, you know, about some of these companies that have gone public and have not performed that well. So for example, Xiaomi was supposed to be the the star IPO this year. Uh, they're the people who are bearish on them and they themselves were anticipating a valuation of somewhere between 80 and 100 billion US dollars. And right now they're trading at somewhere between 40 and 50. And they went public at 50. So mm -hmm. they they have not delivered the returns for their shareholders that that they were hoping to see. And their early on their earlier investors haven't seen the the success that they were hoping to either. So and then if you combine this with just a general downturn in the stock market, both in China and overseas, I think that it just has made the Chinese environment for investment a little less appealing, uh, at least in tech, than, than it used to be. I see. That's really, really interesting. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about um, the coaching that you do. Um, so you do this with high-profile Chinese tech companies and tech leaders, and you're helping them going overseas. 
uh, or mm-hmm. going globally. I, I, I help them do a variety of things, but one is if they're if they're trying to globalize their business, mm-hmm. or also if they're trying to IPL. Okay. But really, what I do is I I I love Chinese tech entrepreneurs. I like the. I mean, some of them are awful. <laughs> they're not all great, but the ones that I work with, I really, really like. I don't work with ones who I don't like. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and I, I like the the spirit that a lot of them have. I like the, the they often have a, an attitude of curiosity, um, an attitude of adventure that I really appreciate. But basically what I do is I do a variety of things for different people, but ultimately it comes down to me getting to know them and help help the world see they're the best parts about them, right? Usually the parts that I recognize. So I think one of the skills that I have is I do a very good, I, I tend to be very good at, at recognizing the strengths of people. Um, and I worked with a lot of these Chinese executives so I can, I can see kind of the, the trends, the themes, and, and what makes these people good at what they do. Uh, and then I help the world see that. Uh, so some of it is I do a lot of writing for them. So if they have to, I do speech writing, uh, ghost writing for statements. I do a lot of executive coaching. Um, I do a, a, a wide variety, a wide range of, of, um, of activities. I help them set up interviews if they're going to do uh, overseas media. But um, yeah, so it, it changes with each each person that I work with, but it comes down to usually the process that I go through is usually somebody who I've worked with before, who's an executive or CEO. And these are usually unicorns, but relatively medium-sized valuations between one and five billion U.S. dollars. They will usually say, okay, you know, my friend over who is also a CEO at this company, uh, I think that they, you know, could benefit from working with you. And then they'll introduce them to me and then I get to know them. I'll see what they need and then uh, provide whatever services to them. I usually have some kind of uh, retainer fee that I charge per month. But um, and then just see what they need and, and, and see, see how I can help them out. It's, it's not the most like, you know, systematic way of doing things. It's a very personal one on one kind of relational approach. But it, it's worked for me and um, and it's worked for the clients that I work with. So. Like the China Business Cast and want to get involved? We have special offers for supporters of the show, starting from just one U.S. dollar and up. We have something for everyone. Check out all the different ways to engage at www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. That's www.chinabusinesscast.com slash support. Thanks. That's great. That's great. I mean, do you see any um, common mistakes in PR that they tend to make when they're going global? I mean, they're probably maybe doing mistake and then you come and fix this. Mm. Um, I'd say that the people who I work with are already making less mistakes than the people I'm not working with because the people that make the biggest mistakes don't want to work with me or don't are, <laughs> aren't willing to listen to, to my perspective usually. And that's usually where the mistakes come from is that maybe they're, they're afraid uh, they don't really, they're not curious about the outside world. They have trouble accepting feedback. Uh, and those are the people I don't usually work with anyway. <laughs> so the people who I most often work with, we're, we're really just working on like a tactical level. It's that in they, we, we say, okay, well, maybe we want to say this a bit differently, or maybe we can use a, a slightly different approach. But fundamentally, they're people who I think have good hearts, who have you know interesting minds, and who really all we have to do is just 
you know, find a right way to publicize them and find the right audience to put them in front of. Um, that that has been my experience. I don't find my job to be particularly that hard, to be honest with you, because the people who once I get with an executive who I, I really like, mm-hmm. um, it just becomes quite, quite natural. Um, and then it's just about, you know, looking for opportunities and, you know, trying to, to get to drill down on what exactly we, we want to say and what we want to communicate. Um, but, yeah, a lot of it is just, you know, about their attitude that they have. So are they curious? Do they feel like they have something to hide? I think that for a lot of CEOs, they have this idea that like, and this, this can be something it's it's an older, I think the previous generations in China, I think it's more common, but there is this attitude that in order to make money, you have to like cheat someone or scam someone. Right. So particularly with some of the older generations in China, they still have that thinking that if they were to be completely honest about what they're doing as a business, they can't be that way because what they're doing is they're trying to, you know, hustle somebody out of money. Right. Usually there's some maybe there's some corruption involved or maybe they don't have a have a a strong respect for their users. Um, I think for this generation, for the people who are more willing to work with me, for the people who are also in their 30s like I am. They're the ones who I work with, they they have a much more genuine approach and they say, OK, well, you know, I believe that we can make a you know, that this is what our, our users need and, and we can make something that that is helpful to them uh, and they believe in their product. Yeah, they believe in what they do. So they don't really have anything to hide. I mean, maybe they, they don't want to share everything about themselves, but they're they're not cheating anybody. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're just they're just you know business people they're entrepreneurs and they have an idea and they want to make their idea a reality and there's nothing wrong with that so all we got to so we we got to figure out exactly how to communicate that but I, I find that, you know, when I first got to China, when I started doing this work, usually with people in the areas of like real estate or more traditional businesses, we were always trying to like hide something. And one of the things that I really like about some of these younger tech entrepreneurs is I don't feel like we're hiding anything. I feel mm-hmm. like it's just about communicating a lot of what is genuinely on their minds and, and what they the kind of people they genuinely want to be. And to me, that's a much more rewarding way of working. I think also there is a, a, a it's not a trend. I think people are really accepting from the customer side and also from the entrepreneur side that it's okay to make mistakes and admit them and then uh, um, cope with that when it happens. Uh, it's not like you need to you need to necessarily hide it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's an, an expectation that these people are human uh, and that as long as you you know, are operating in, in what is generally good faith. I think that most people will respect that. So from what you've seen, um, can you give maybe some examples of uh, effective ways to improve PR abilities with your clients? I don't know if you can do any specifics, but... I, I don't know if I like to, to, to speak about specific cases of how I've worked. I can definitely speak about some other entrepreneurs in China that... Uh, have successfully managed their PR well abroad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I, I, but these are not people that I worked with. I, I'd rather not speak about specific, uh, you know, individuals who I sure. worked with. But I think for one thing, Jack Ma has done a very good job. Um, I think that that what has made Jack Ma as good as he is is that 
I think he's a genuinely curious person. I think he wants to discuss ideas with people around the world. I think he, I think he views himself not purely from a Chinese lens of identity. Um, and I think that that's very, very important. So it's not a us and them. It is, I think he, he looks at challenges as global challenges and knows that we have to find global solutions. And it, you can see it in the people that, that he attracts to him. Well, you know, he goes to Davos and he hangs out with a very international community. Um, now, it doesn't mean that this guy isn't flawed, but I think he's, uh, I think that that's part of what has made him the most successful or the, I think the most successful Chinese entrepreneur when it comes to global brand building. Uh, another one that I would like to talk about that is, is more composed that is less kind of the more freewheeling approach of Jack Ma is I think Jean Liu from, from DD uh, did a very a much more strategic approach, but I think a way that really helped DD stand apart from Uber. So as Uber was going down their kind of the, as they were collapsing in this, you know, PR um, nightmare that they had through much of 2017, you know, from sexual harassment charges to these kind of these, these, these ultra competitive or aggressive, uh, you know, approach to doing business that was kind of screwing over some of their drivers and some of the local communities and even some of the riders that they were working with. Uh, and also, just kind of having this this CEO, Travis Kalanick, who was incredibly aggressive and that helped them grow, but also kind of a jerk. And it really rubbed people the wrong way. And what Jean Liu did uh, in contrast to that is Jean Liu is a, she's a very poised, um, kind of polite, elegant uh, individual. And she went on a media tour and kind of did things in, in an approach that is very natural to her. But, you mm -hmm. know, she was former Goldman Sachs. I believe she went to Harvard. So she's very posh. Right? And she, I think she set herself in contrast to Travis Kalanick very, very well. And for people, especially around the world, who are thinking, who are thinking okay, who do we want to partner with? Who's going to respect us more? Who's going to be deal with us in a way that is more considerate? Um, you know, Jean Liu and her her partnership approach, in contrast to to Travis Kalanick, I think was was very helpful for Didi in as, as they were going global in a lot of their investments. That's really, really interesting. That's really interesting. Of course, I can't uh, avoid by asking you as a fellow podcaster about your podcast. That's China sure. Tech Investor. So mm -hmm. tell, tell, me, tell the listeners what it is about and why did you want to start it? Yeah, well, it's called China Tech Investor, and it's powered by TechNode. And I have, like, like I said, I'm super interested in, in China Tech. Um, Hard to miss. But I'm also a, <laughs> I'm also a retail investor as well. So uh, I've been getting really interested in stocks and IPOs, and it's something that I, I like to play around with. Um, my co-host, James Hull, he's also been in China for a long time. He's also a, an American. And, but he, he has a, a more financial background. He's a portfolio manager and really is good at looking into uh, 
the financial details of these companies, you know, getting down into the numbers. Uh, for me, I, I'm more on the people side of things. I like to think about strategy. I like to think about who's in charge of the company. So I think the two of us and our perspectives, I think we, you know, when we would go out and have a beer, I, th- I, I found our conversations to be really interesting. So we said, okay, why not, why not, uh, put these on wax, as they say, you know, let's, uh, let's record them. So really what we're, what we're doing is we're trying to, like I said, seek truth from facts when it comes to Chinese tech stocks and IPO. A lot of these companies are IPOing right now, and I think it's really hard to know. You know, are they the real deal? Are they legit, or are they, you know, smoke and mirrors? Because some of these companies are just smoke and mirrors, and some of them are the are, are really great. Um, so, what what we're trying to do is, from the perspective of an investor, not just you know, I think the, the perspective of an investor has. You, you're you're in a, an, a, a a position where it is your job to be um, to really scrutinize these companies, and it is a way it is a perspective from which I think is is needed and also very legitimate, and um, I think is also is not really going to get in, you in trouble in China either. Right. <laughs> so there are some things that if you're if you're writing about or publicizing in China, you uh, you know, you might have somebody showing up on your door. Or you might get your website blocked. Right. You know, if you're an investor, it is it's totally cool. We can talk about just about anything um, as long as we're talking about it from the perspective of, of an investor. So that that's also was appealing. <laughs> it was appealing to us as well. Um, do you necessarily and- do the recording on over beer? You've mentioned mm, every now and then we'll have a we'll have a drink while we're recording if we're recording in the evening. But usually we record in the morning, so that's a little too early for for beer for me. Um, but yeah, so we're we're curious people. We're not experts. We're trying to you know to seek truth from facts when it when it comes to these companies and try to get down and find out who's the real deal. And mm-hmm. we're we're on a journey, and we're inviting our listeners to come along with us. Awesome. So we are at the end of our interview, at the end of the show. Um, so what will be the best way to reach out to you, L, including the podcast? Well, you can search China Tech Investor wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are also available on Simalaya for the, the Chinese listeners. And yeah, also Simalaya. you can find me. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot Zagman. That's E L L I O T T Z A A G M A N. And you can also find me on on LinkedIn as well. Great. I mean, we'll add those links in uh, to our show notes so our listeners can find it. And um, L, that was awesome and great having you. I really enjoyed it. Great. It was great to be here, Shlomo. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.